Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey, songwriter. Welcome to The Hang. This is an interview that is hosted on the songwritingpro.com website with an industry pro. Now, I'm going to share a little bit of this with you because I think it'll be entertaining and inspiring and informational and help you on your songwriting journey. If you want to see the whole video and all the previous and future episodes of The Hang, you can just hop on over to songwritingpro.com and join today. Start your 14-day free trial. We'd love to have you join us. If you're already a member, just log in, go over to The Hang in the member area, and you can watch it. If you're not a member, now's a great time to join. All right, let's get to The Hang. Today's guest is a country music singer, songwriter, and musician. In addition to releasing three albums on the Dead Reckoning Records label, which she co-founded with Kieran Kane, she's also a founding member of the Bluegrass, a Grammy award-winning bluegrass group, The Steel Drivers, and works as a studio musician, primarily on fiddle, violin, and viola. She also wrote A Little Gasoline, which is a single released by Terry Clark from Terry's album, Fearless. Tammy Rogers, Thank you for hanging with us today. You are very welcome, Brent. I'm glad to do it. Yes. So this is fun. Uh, so this is a little bit of a follow-up. Um, we had a song titled Challenge on the Climb a couple weeks ago. <laughs> so this is not our first hang, but uh, it's always a good time. So I appreciate you spending time with us. Yeah. I mean, anytime I get the chance to drink a little coffee and uh, talk shop, I am more than happy to do it. Amen. Amen. So my goal for today is to help the songwriting pro community that watches this just to inspire, educate, and motivate them just as songwriters and to help them get where they want to go, uh, you know, turning pro and just want to do that by having an honest conversation. Sound good? Yeah. Yeah. No, that sounds great. Um, you know, songwriting, uh, I don't know which is harder to break into songwriting or, or, or being a player, you know, it's, um, both, both paths are equally rocky mm-hmm. and, um, you know, steep climbs sometime, but, Certainly, I think the the songwriter path may be the more difficult, to be honest with you. I think mm-hmm. um, because, um, you know, as a player, you can go stand on stage and you get that immediate feedback of, you know, people like it, they let you know. I mean, if they don't, they, you know, maybe the response is that. But mm-hmm. um, there, there's a lot of, you know, I guess, instant gratification, if you will. Right. Um, and instant and, feedback. Like you need to to work harder if Mm -hmm. everybody's yawning and leaving. Whereas in in songwriters, we can fail miserably for years and think we're winning. Years. Years. Well, and, and it's so hard, you know, so many of us either write by ourselves Mm -hmm. or write with one other person, maybe two other people in these small confined environments. And, you know, how many songs have you written that nobody has ever heard except maybe you and your co-writer and your publisher? Most of them. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So the the feedback level there is brutal. <laughs> right. I mean, it is sometimes, you know, just kind of amazing to me that that people even keep doing it at all. I mean, it truly has to be such a heart, you know, led endeavor mm-hmm. to keep doing it because I mean, you just have to almost be compelled that you're going to get this song out into the world 
or else um, because again, you know, we've all, you know, heard the stats about what does the average songwriter make less than $3,000 a year. Something like and, that probably, yeah. You know, and, and the average songwriter gets what? 0.2% of their songs ever cut. I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> right. It's stupid. Right. Who it's would do it? <laughs> it's one of those things where uh, I've heard it said, like, if you can do something else, you probably will. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and there's no shame in that because it makes a wonderful hobby, but sometimes it can be a bummer of a job. Yeah. Yeah. But also the best job ever. So. But if if it's in you and you are compelled to do it, you know, we're, we're going to do it. And, and I still write a lot and and i haven't had a commercial nashville publishing deal now in gosh 15 years maybe i don't know but at this point in my life i don't really care (laughs) right i mean i'm in a position to where i'm in a great band that you know cuts a bunch of my songs Mm -hmm. and um they get out in different ways and that's perfectly okay with me. And it's actually allowed me more creative freedom than when I was writing for, you know, kind of that big Nashville um, publisher trying to get the the bigger country market types of cuts. But yeah, yeah. I've, I've run into that too, because I've been self-published for a few years now. And back, you know, when I had a more of a major publishing deal, you know, like mainstream country publishing, right. that was their wheelhouse. If I wrote the oddball like Southern Gospel thing or Bluegrass thing, none of us knew what to do with it. I didn't know what to do with it. They didn't either. And it's like, okay, but now that I'm, and it wasn't really encouraged to like right. oh, go find people. The juice just wasn't worth the squeeze financially. But now that I'm self-published, you know, I can play, I like to say I can color with all the crayons in the box. Oh, yeah. And, and I was just looking at my, at my cut board last night. I'm looking at it now. It's like, oh, well, this year I've had, you know, cuts in Southern gospel, bluegrass, country, and some stuff that hopefully will go in a movie. It's like, well, that's fun. Uh-huh. Like, oh, yeah. I, you know, and when you own it, of course, you make twice as much. And, of course, you get no advance, but it, right. it that smaller stuff matters, too. Oh, and absolutely. It, yeah. it was fun. I definitely feel much more creative freedom, even though I'm still swinging for the Chesneys and McGraws. Oh, yeah. Well, And there's, you know, a good song is a good song. It's right. a good song. And, you know, to me, I just like to show up and write what I'm feeling or what I'm thinking about that day. Mm -hmm. And whether it's a bluegrass song or something, yeah, that could be pitched to Tim McGraw or, Mm -hmm. you know, or a gospel group or whatever. That's that's to me kind of what happens after the fact. Right. You know, um, I want to be in the moment and really get excited about what it is that I'm writing that day. Yeah. How do you, cause that's an important thing to kind of separate those two things. And I think there's a balance because on one hand you can get so caught up in the room, in the writer's room, bring too much of like, just say music row into the writer's room mm-hmm. and go, okay, this has got to be huge. This has got to be for so-and-so this has got to be, you know, this, that, here are the checks, you know, the boxes we got to check. And that can stifle creativity. On the other right. hand, we can just so much follow the flow in our muse that day that we waste a lot of days on stuff that's not going to make us a hill of beans. How do you kind of do you, do you worry about balancing that or? Um, I don't anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I really don't. Um, and I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful yeah. that 
I'm in a position to where I can afford that because mm -hmm. maybe a lot of writers, again, that are working with a specific publisher, whether it's, you know, somebody from the gospel market or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. country rock, whatever, that they are looking for those specific song pitches. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I remember back in the day, you know, even having my publisher say, Hey, we're, we want everybody this week to write for um, George Strait. Yeah. And not that there's anything wrong with that, you know, because right. sometimes I think as you're working on your craft, it's, it's kind of cool to go, okay, let me, let me just kind of flex that muscle mm -hmm. and see if I could create something that in my brain that, that I think George Strait might like to sing <laughs> right. in his style. Right. And that, that can be kind of a fun exercise. Mm -hmm. I, you know, for me, it hasn't necessarily, I haven't ever gotten any cuts that, that way, mm -hmm. but I, I certainly know a lot of people who have. Yeah. I think that's kind of a, probably you, each songwriter kind of has to figure out what their vibe is and how that works for them. And, and I'd encourage everyone to try it, even if they're not at a publishing camp, even if they're sitting in Des Moines, Iowa, Absolutely. and they don't know anybody, but go, you know, I'm going to practice writing a song for Morgan Wallen or for George Strait or for Carrie Underwood or yeah. whoever, uh, just to, well, for one thing, it probably helps you learn the craft a little more like the commercial structure a little bit better to yes. really dive in without, you know, I don't know. Uh, that's yeah. interesting. You know? yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think that there's something, you know, to be said, it's almost like, um, especially as you're just getting going, you know, familiarize yourself with um, what is a Merle Haggard song like, mm -hmm. you know, what is a Willie Nelson song like, mm -hmm. you know, what, what is a Vince Gill song? I mean, what, what is a Luke Combs song, you know, and once you kind of have that vocabulary, you know, then you can kind of duck in and out. Mm -hmm. um, and at some point, I think it, it, it becomes probably, um, just kind of in your subconscious somewhere back in yeah. there. Mm -hmm. yeah. Which is also good practice because, you know, I'm writing with a lot of artists of different levels, mm -hmm. but then I'm trying to write for that artist. So it helps if when I'm prepping to go, okay, what is a so-and-so song? Yes. Because I want to prep to walk in the room. And then also when I'm there, throw out things that are appropriate. Yes. Sometimes you still take your chances or whatever, but going, okay, this is your kind of vibe and be able to kind of break it down a little bit. So hopefully you can add value and not waste their time. And, and again, yeah. be appropriate for the room. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, you know, the more experience that you have, you know, and a lot of that comes from listening and mm -hmm. analyzing other songs and older songs and the songs that are out on the charts right now, you know, so that you are familiar. If you do sit down to write with somebody and they say, Hey, I kind of want this like a Lainey Wilson vibe. You're like, oh, yeah, I love her. Yeah, let's let's go that direction. Right. You know, even if it's not, you know, we we never want to copy right. another song, but even if it's if you just know the vibe and what that sounds like, it can mm. certainly give you, you know, a direction to aim towards. Which it's, I think it's, it's a good thing. Like artists, it's kind of like characters in, mm -hmm. a, in a movie or something. Okay, we're writing a script for this character what would they say even if you're and same thing musically it's musical scripts for the character uh -huh. what is their kind of musical motif what are they going to say and not say is super important um i'm curious which makes me think when you're writing a song or getting pitched a song what makes you think like this is a steel driver song 
versus, okay, this is a song for someone else. And because I like to highlight for the viewers kind of the difference between a good song, you know, a song that's good and a song that's good for a particular artist. If you would like to hear the rest of this interview or hear all past and future Hang episodes, join songwritingpro.com today. Before we go, let's leave you with a little word from one of our members. Hey, Brent, Ave Topel here, just touching base, uh, letting you know my Songwriter Pro membership is working great for me, uh, especially your Songwriter Pitch events. Long story short, pitched to a publisher who sent me a deal to sign back in uh, late fall. Uh, in February, the publisher told me that an artist uh, had contacted him, picked up the song, and in April, I heard it on the radio. Thanks, buddy. Keep doing what you're doing. I'll be back. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.